Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. My name is John McDonald. Today's episode covers online advertising. We've got a specialist for our interviewee today in Parker Kumpf of Tough Media. Parker is a performance marketer specializing in media buying. Our conversation covers the 10,000 foot view of how a small or medium-sized business can take advantage of online advertising, all the way to some granular strategies more experienced marketers can take on major platforms like Google, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Our conversation starts now. Yeah, so my name is Parker Kump, I'm born and raised in Surrey, BC, uh, founder of Tough Media, we're a performance marketing agency that specializes in digital advertising, whether it be on social media or search engine platforms. We scale businesses that are digitally focused, small, medium, big, anywhere from local service businesses to VC-backed e-commerce companies. Uh, we try and provide solutions for all sizes. Awesome, man. Well, really great to have you on here. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your background. Can you just give me a brief overview of your, of your career kind of before you got into, into Tough and, and kind of what that first year or so has looked like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I studied marketing and finance down in uh, the States. I went to University of Indianapolis, uh, grew up playing lacrosse. So got a scholarship down there. And then kind of while I was studying, I found a the, the area or wanted to specialize in digital advertising. I just saw it booming while I was in college and started networking with some great people. Uh, and then right out of college, I got a job at Daily Hive um, and then worked there for a little under two years. Um, and Daily Hive was great culture, great, kind of taught me a lot about us being in a startup atmosphere, even though it's a pretty big brand. Everybody there works works really hard for the company. I think it's pretty much everything to do with the culture there because Carm and Carm, the guy who started it, who's kind of like a mentor to me now, instilled like really good working culture. You want to work hard for the company. And uh, so, yeah, that was like my first big marketing job out of college. And then I quickly realized and kind of started taking on freelance clients on the side. And then I think with COVID, kind of real made every small business realize that they got to invest someone into digital. And so kind of just snowballed from then. And then January, 2021 started tough media and quickly grown. Awesome, man. No, it's, it's really exciting to see. And I think, you know, as we jump into some of these questions here, online advertising is still fairly uh, kind of an ambiguous term. Um, you mentioned at the beginning performance marketing before we started the interview, a little bit about media buying. I'm wondering if you can kind of differentiate those topics because there's a lot of people who say that they can do online marketing and there's no real, you know, certifications or anything like that. So can you kind of just walk me through, I guess, a, the performance marketing side and then what really separates you as a media buyer? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I kind of started Tough Media and in the performance marketing space, I kind of saw an opportunity. There's actually not too many, especially in Vancouver and Canada, there's not too many marketing agencies that just specialize in digital advertising and the performance side. A lot, There is a lot of marketing agencies and they kind of just use media buying and advertising as a thrown on option. They don't specialize in it. And if it's it changes so fast. If you're not in it every day, learning and dedicated, you can actually fall behind pretty fast. And that's when I see a lot of clients coming on and they've worked with previous agencies and they're just getting reported clicks, impressions, and kind of like pretty shallow, not in-depth reporting. And that's where, that's where we want to come in 
first we kind of analyze the business and what keeps the lights on, like what do the business owners, what does the business value? So if it's a service based, it's leads that we want to get customers in the door. If it's e-commerce, it's sales. And that's pretty much what we focus on. And if you don't specialize in digital advertising and set up your advertising accounts to do so, Facebook and Google and all these other platforms are really good at giving you exactly what you tell it. So if you're looking for these kind of shallow, like just impressions based reports, then Facebook and Google will give that exactly to you. But if you set it up correctly and tell Facebook, no, I want leads, I want conversions, I want this, then it will slowly optimize for that. And all my clients, all entrepreneurs, they can figure it out. I, even though I studied marketing, I'm pretty self-taught. Like it's all online, but it takes years and years. Like I've been doing this for probably six plus years. And that's where I think the value is. It's not, I don't have any IP here. Uh, it's more just, I've spent, I've spent the time like perfecting this craft. And that's why people outsource to agencies, especially performance marketing agencies. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I think it's something that I've heard in some of my own calls or discussions with clients about like, you know, what's the benefit of using a professional when I can just, you know, use the the kind of the entry level Facebook ads buyer, I guess. Can you elaborate a little bit more on kind of the media buying side as to kind of what that actually means? Yeah. So I'm a media buyer. So essentially I set up the ads manager and it's connected to my clients payment info. So pretty much their credit card and they give me a budget of what they're willing to spend a month or a quarter or per campaign. And I buy the advertising on behalf of the business. So it's not me buying it and then charging them back based on results or anything. I'm just buying their advertising with my strategy on behalf of them. Uh, so that's where like the title media buyer comes in. Okay. Awesome. Um, and so at the beginning, you talked a little bit about the primary platforms there, kind of like the Facebook and, and Google and stuff like that. Can you walk me through kind of maybe, you know, one at a time and what the best use case is for each of them? Yeah, absolutely. So I think every business can find an area in digital advertising with one of these platforms. Um, there's kind of some rules of thumb, like to, like to generalize, but of course there is exceptions. So what I found really good, it's just the intent. So Facebook or social media advertising is you going to find the customers that you think will benefit from your service or product. Where search engine like Bing or Google, um, it's people that know they want the product or something similar and they're looking for it. And it's you just getting placed in front of them. So there's two different intents. There's two different conversions uh, or like conversion percentages. Google usually converts um, a little bit better just because the intent is there. It's a little bit lower down the funnel, but it does tend to spend more or cost more. And it kind of takes longer time to optimize where Facebook's super quick and it does put your product in front of people that might be looking for it, but it's kind of going out and finding them. I generally see success with Facebook when it's a B2C or direct to consumer product. And then Google, a lot of clients see success when they're B2B. So businesses like, Hey, I need, I need security for my business or something. The first place they're going to go is Google or Bing or a search engine uh, looking for it. So again, that doesn't work for every business. It's not, it's kind of like a general rule of thumb that I've seen with my clients, but yeah, those are the two main platforms that you can kind of see success and pretty much 99% of businesses can see some sort of success on them. And from a budget perspective, what is a business typically looking at spending? You know, you see 
you know, on, at least for our corporate account, it's like, hey, for $5, X number of people can see it. But that seems a little bit low uh, or unrealistic. Yeah, Facebook, Facebook, again, is really good at kind of showing those small business owners, like, hey, just this little amount of budget gets you this amount of impressions. And yeah, it does seem a lot like thousands of impressions, but again, it might not convert. But a realistic goal, again, what I tell my clients is you don't win in digital advertising by spending the most, even though some companies think that it's by testing the most. You got to learn or know how to test Facebook advertising or, or Google ads. Um, you, there's so many AP tests you can run. I've seen companies succeed with as little as $500 a month. Uh, it does take longer when testing um, if you're spending less because you're just not gathering as much data. Um, and at this time, especially Facebook, it is a pay to play pretty much. And it's never been harder or more expensive. So I think for a local business, you can start with as little as a thousand dollars a month spending, depending on, again, depending on your conversions, depending on what it is cost per click on search. But I think a local business can get away with thousand dollars a month to start and then scaling it up. Um, if you're a national business, so e-commerce, I generally say starting around $5,000 can get you some traction and it can test a decent amount because there's just so many people out there uh, that can fall into your wheelhouse. But again, that isn't for every business. It, there is exceptions. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like a general rule of thumb. Awesome, man. Jumping a little bit into the digital trends uh, side of things here, there is... Uh, or our regular headlines about kind of a Facebook, Apple battle, um, and just general privacy changes um, and concerns. Can you talk about kind of what that has or how that, if, if at all, if it's impacted you and kind of how you, how you address it going forward? Yeah. So the data, data privacy thing is huge. Of course, uh, I think the month that I decided to go full time into this is I think the month where it actually started gaining traction and the announcement came out. Um, but yeah, so the, it was primarily the iOS update. So it pretty much allows consumers to decide if they want to let the app track their behavior off platform. So still on platform tracking is really good. Um, and it's kind of shifted the way media buyers and digital advertisers work before before iOS and before like a few years ago, it was all about how smart are you at targeting? How well are you at campaign building? Which is still is really important. But now what came into play is how well are you at building your campaigns that go with Facebook's rules pretty much? Like how, how can you feed the pixel as much data with all these data privacy? And what iOS did is pretty much before you could see, let's, let's use an e-commerce business as an example. Before you could see a consumer going every step of the way until they purchase. So they click, they page view, they uh, view certain pages, they add to cart, they initiate checkout, and they eventually purchase. With the iOS, it doesn't allow them to track or it kind of messes up all the tracking, all the steps, but it does still follow, if it's set up correctly, what the last conversion is, which all my e-commerce clients and what all e-commerce clients should do is have that last conversion or in what the goal of the campaign is a purchase. Again, that goes back to the performance marketing, like what keeps the lights on purchases and return on ad spend. So pretty much what a small business can do to get around this, or I guess benefit right now, like some actionable tips is right, right away, make sure your domain is verified. 
make sure your aggregated events are set up with priorities. What's the top priority? So again, e-commerce should be purchases. And then every ad should have some sort of UTM or URL parameter around it. I see it all the time, purchases coming through, but Facebook isn't tracking them because of iOS. But you can still go into where your e-commerce platform is living. So if it's Shopify, you can actually look up the UTMs and see if those purchases are from Facebook. So it's more of like holistic reporting and just is a business growing with a combination of UTMs, Google Analytics, and Facebook Ads Manager. Like how is it working? So again, Facebook ads haven't been, they haven't been this hard ever. So it's the most challenging. And some people, especially in my field, can look at it like a, a disadvantage, but I look at it as okay, now small businesses need us even more because it's so hard, it's complicated to set up. Business owners are stretched in a million different directions. Again, they don't have time to learn these techniques. So when clients come to me, yeah, we set them up for iOS right away. That's kind of the first task. And a good, I forget who said it, like analogy, which is, is pretty corny, is like setting up the fire, like the logs and the wood and the gasoline is the advertising. So if you don't have a good base of your fire and you pour gasoline, well, the flame's going to explode, but then it'll just go out. You need to have some kind of fundamental setup. So a good converting website, good design, all your tracking and iOS setup. So, it, so then when you do pour gasoline on it, the conversions keep coming and Facebook optimizes. I wanted to ask you a little bit too about the the pixel side of things. Can you kind of elaborate on what that is and does this impact the value of pixels or is it still something where a business is going to want to continually to kind of condition a, and pump new data points into it? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, Facebook pixel, every small business owner, if you don't have it right now, should go in and install a Facebook pixel to your website right away. Even if you're not going to use it, so as digital advertisers, it's important for us to, and or small business owners, it's really important for you to learn your business and your key demographic. But if you're going to scale, it's actually 10 times more important that Facebook or Google learns your business. If you don't have a pixel, it's really hard for Facebook to learn your business. So installing that pixel, what it does, it's another cheesy analogy is it's pretty much like a spider web on your, the back end of your website. So every person that comes to your website, it grabs their data. And I know it might not sound the best, but it pretty much just tells you and lets Facebook learn, okay, who is your key demographic? It might not even be things that you know, like it could be uh, middle-aged men that love sushi restaurants, but Facebook knows it. <laughs> and so when you do start advertising, it says, okay, we know exactly the demographic. We know who the low hanging fruit is. We know the people that are right there about to convert. And so it starts sending your ads to them. So again, it goes back to, it's important for us to learn the business, but it's way more important for Facebook to know it. And that's what the pixel allows it. So if you don't have a pixel and you start spending, one, you can't track conversions, which is like the, all the performance. Then you're just reporting clicks and impressions and reach, which means nothing to business owners, unless it's a brand awareness play, which obviously then, but you can still install a pixel and that pixel still benefits from your brand awareness because it'll learn, okay, well, let's send these brand awareness ads to people that have are like the people that have been on my website. And there's some agencies that don't even accept businesses that haven't had a pixel installed on their site for a year. So if you are looking for help and you do want to go to an, a high level agency, some don't even accept you if it's a, like a tight time and they need to be picky on who they onboard, they won't accept your business if you don't have a pixel installed because that just sets them back and it kind of 
it guarantees that the results aren't going to be as good as if there was a pixel installed for a year plus. Wow. That's really cool. Um, asking a, a, a brief question here, just about kind of the changes uh, in online advertising. You mentioned you start mentioned that you started right around COVID. Is there anything that has stuck out to you since your time uh, at Daily Hive and is going forward as some significant transitions uh, in the way that businesses are approaching online advertising? Yeah, yeah. There's a few trends that I'm I'm seeing. One, I don't think Facebook's going anywhere. I think Facebook, people can count it out, especially with this uh, iOS, but I don't think the Zuck is going to ever roll over. Uh, I think Facebook is actually perfect for that older demographic. So that have money. So it's, it's perfect for that. And then Instagram is hitting that younger audience still. Um, another trend though is TikTok ads, which like tough media is offering for clients. Uh, it's a little clunky. The tracking isn't as good. It's not where Facebook is, but the pricing is. So if it is a brand awareness play for your business, or if you do have like a substantial amount of money to invest, TikTok ads are actually a great way. The pricing is pretty insane. So for example, like a one client of mine, a CPM, so a cost per a thousand impressions. So a CPM was like $12, I believe on their Facebook and Instagram ads. And then when we tested out TikTok ads, the CPM was, I believe, about $3. So it's a fraction of the cost. More people are seeing it. The only difference or the main difference is the creative has to be on point. So if your ad doesn't look like a organic TikTok, it won't perform. Going into like the next trend, usually what worked like say, I would say like five years ago or four years ago, high quality, like cinematic like videography killed it on Instagram ads and Facebook ads. Like people investing a lot of money to make these crazy highlight reels. You saw companies like movement watches in the States. They had unreal videos. Now what's actually converting really well is as organic as possible. So if it looks like it was shot like point of view on a phone, then that actually converts better now. And if it looks like a TikTok. So TikTok style content on Instagram, even Facebook is working. It's because everybody's attention span is so short now. Like if you can gain somebody's attention for five seconds in 2021, well, you're winning because that's one thing TikTok has taught us. Like if you don't like a video, all right, keep swiping. So if you don't like an ad, of course, you're going to keep swiping. But if that ad is choppy and right to the point and quickly moving and it gains their attention, well, they're going to stay and they're going to engage with the ad. Uh, so those are two big trends, TikTok ads. And if not, if you don't want to test out TikTok ads, then TikTok style content on Facebook advertising. I think about the, uh, I've been thinking about more on the political side with the federal election campaign and thinking about if you look at pre-roll ads on YouTube, you're looking at six seconds. Like that's kind of like a, a standard and just the difference in some of the, the ways that the parties have take, have approached you know, delivering platforms and marketing themselves and almost forgetting like people at, on every major platform have no attention. No attention <laughs> you know? at all. Like I, when I report to my clients, like, oh, our average view time on, that, on our videos are like nine seconds. That seems brutal. It's actually really good. Honestly, if you can even hit double digits, it's, it's, it's great. And especially for an ad, like it's not an organic video. So it's an ad and people know what ads look like now, but if somebody can watch a commercial on for 10 seconds, then that that's engagement. Um, another trend, honestly, but this might be 
um, a little more in depth to media buying is so, and so I don't know if this helps small businesses, but that old school play of like, you should have, of course you should always have a funnel with media buying, but having like a brand awareness ad and then a video view ad and then all this, and then a conversion ad that is kind of very old school. And I think if your media buyer is still doing that, you should have a conversation with them because it should just be right now all for conversions. Your funnel still should be cold, warm, hot, like built out like that, but it should all be targeted to conversions. That's what keeps the lights on. That's what Facebook will optimize for. You don't want to optimize for people video viewing or people just clicking and engaging. You want to optimize for people purchasing. So people can purchase in your cold audiences and then they could purchase in your warm audiences. And of course they'll purchase in your hot audiences, but you should, your entire funnel all the way through should be conversions. Going forward the next three to six months, uh, anything that you are expecting to see could be on the, on the trend side, could be government legislation on privacy, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, for the next three to six months, one, I think this like data privacy thing isn't going anywhere. Absolutely. But I think right now it's kind of a waiting game on, okay, what is Facebook? How is Facebook going to adapt and Google going to adapt? I think what's going to come out is more companies, more SaaS companies are going to come out with more accurate softwares. There's a decent amount out there. They're pretty expensive, but I think there's, I know of a bunch of people actually, I think this month or even in the next following months coming out with really high quality softwares. So it, it does get around the iOS update. So that's one trend that I'm excited for, uh, like attribution and reporting. A lot of digital advertisers and media buyers would just rely on Facebook's reporting now. Well, now that's getting really difficult. So now these new softwares coming out are actually going to get around it and they're going to have way more accurate reporting. Also, I think, uh, Brands need to start selling their why more. Even if you're a small business and you don't think you have a why, like, okay, well, I'm just a contractor or something. Well, if you have an email list or if you have some kind of customer base, they still want to know, like, why did you start your contracting business? Or why did you start this? People buy your why more than they buy what you're selling. There's a reason why Tesla sells like an insane amount of cars. Yeah, they're electric. They're cool looking, but people think Elon Musk is a freaking genius and uh, like a rocket scientist. So I think brands need to leverage their why. And then the last trend or, or something I think going forward that companies need to do is own your data. What this iOS told us is you can't rely on Facebook owning your data or tracking your data. So building an email list is so important now. And it's not just for email marketing, which every brand should be doing is email marketing, but it's also for creating lookalikes because now lookalikes, it's hard to rely on the pixel, but it's way better and more accurate to rely on importing your email list into and creating lookalikes off of it. So a lookalike, it's pretty much t- giving Facebook a set of data and saying, find more people that look like these people, that, but that aren't. So if you're an e-commerce site or, or lead gen like service base, if you have a list of previous customers, you should be building that and constantly updating the more data, the better. And then you can put that into Facebook. And I think all you need is, I think it's 150 now. So you have 150 customers in the CSV list, throw it into Facebook and create a lookalike. It's really important to build your own data set now because of this iOS. Yeah. And just even for the people who may 
not have a full understanding and you can maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but the lookalike is you take your existing customer list and it allows you to target people who have the same characteristics as your existing customers. So it's a really powerful, a really powerful tool. Yeah. And it's characteristics that you wouldn't even be able to see. Like I said, like you won't, you won't know that it's middle-aged men that like sushi restaurants that are, you're actually like, for some reason, love your service or product, but Facebook will. So when you throw those in, they'll just run through all the data points they have of each person in that CSV list and see similarities. And then, okay, so sushi restaurant, I don't know why I keep going to sushi restaurants, but I had sushi yesterday. So, or people that live in this certain city or people that do this uh, activity, Facebook knows everything, all that on them. So it'll start finding more people with those characteristics. So yeah, they're usually really highly converting audiences. And you can make a look like out of anything. Like you can make it out of people that engaged with your ad, people that sent you a message, people that saved your Instagram post, people that uh, watched three seconds of a video. So you can make it out of anything, but what that iOS is doing is kind of hurting those other data sources. So that's why it's really important to uh, own your own. Yeah, no, I think that's so powerful, man. Anything on the platform side that you're expecting? You mentioned TikTok. Um, I wondered about Apple advertising as well, because I think something that I didn't know, and it's more just coming from reading about it a little bit, where they made this big kind of essentially anti-Facebook play. But what they were really doing was developing their own advertising network. And I've started to see like in Apple News, my feed has started to change. Like at first it was kind of like these obscure ads of brands I never heard of. And now it's like, oh, there's actually some local like Vancouver, BC based brands that are that are hitting my Apple News feed. Do you, any, does that come up in any of your, your conversations right now with your clients or? With like this whole like data privacy, there's going to be new, no, uh, sorry, more uh, options out there. And with Facebook and Google, like having such a monopoly, like, I mean, TikTok came on the scene in less than a year and is already a player in digital advertising. So I think there's going to be like huge opportunities. And that's why I didn't pivot my business into just being a Facebook advertising agency, even though we specialize in that. It's more of a performance marketing. So I think, yeah, Apple could eventually like if there's clients to test out, I'm always open to testing out. I probably rarely say no to clients when they do want to test out. Cause that's literally my theory is test out everything. Um, I think certain brands like Pinterest ads actually perform pretty decent. And if it's like a, a home decor brand or something like that, like you could kill it on Pinterest. There's always different platforms for certain brand plays. And it's all about, that's what the, that testing gets you. The large percentage is going to see success on the, the main ones, the search engine and the social media ones. But like the Apple advertising or, um, or even like these subscription services like Spotify and stuff. I've actually heard people have success on them. Like the streaming world is blowing up and there's so many streaming platforms now and they're going to get really good at knowing people's data. Right. Cause I mean, what you watch and what you consume is all data. So they know everything about you. Like if you're an outdoors person and you're watching like on Netflix, I don't know, what is it? Meat eater or something like that. And you can, they can own that data and they can start serving you camping gear and stuff like that. So these streaming platforms, I think are actually going to be huge players in, uh, you know, in digital advertising. Before I jump into the final four questions here, anything that I did not cover with you uh, that you wanted to mention? I did have like, how can like businesses leverage online better? I think honestly, people don't realize how important a website is. It, even to this day, even websites have been 
and social media. I think every brand can use social media. Not if you're, even if you're not crazy active on it, just having it and making it look somewhat clean because people in the younger generation, a lot of them aren't even searching like where to find businesses. They look on Instagram, they look on Facebook. So having there, it's like a second or third website. But when they do, their eventual goal is to get to your website. That needs to be clean. Like if you were to start a retail store, you don't want your retail store to look all like everything everywhere cluttered and not like appealing to customers. So you should double down. There's so many tools out there to use a high performing designer, like uh, like Upwork and you can use freelancers or investing into a, a, an agency. And even if it charges upward of 10 grand to do a business or a website, I mean, just think of that. What is it? What would be your rent or how much would you spend to get a retail location up and running? It's all an investment and it's all going to pay for itself in the long run. Um, I know some people might not have the funds right off the bat. So absolutely. But there's also platforms like Shopify, like Wix, like Squarespace that have these templates out there that are so easy to make a clean website. And I know guys that have ran like $10 million businesses off the template before they got a custom website. So there's so much, there's so much, sources out there to make yourself look like a clean appealing business and then again building your own data and yeah that's, that's pretty much it jumping into the final four four questions we ask every person on these interviews uh is there a favorite book this could be a you know business book something that you read for leisure uh, something that sticks out to you yeah i mean not the biggest book guy but i have read like uh what is it? the lean startup by it's Eric Rise or, or Greasy. That one is really good. I was pretty, uh, pretty. I could relate to it pretty hard. Or kind of look, especially when I was starting a business. That's when I started reading it. Um, but honestly, other than that, like the content I consume, a lot of it's podcasts. To be honest, business uh, examiner podcast. Uh, but yeah, I, so pod, I mean, podcasts would be like I listen to group chat a lot. It's that's kind of how I get my news. It's three times a week, and they're based in California. Um, but yeah, uh, podcasts and then, and then articles as well. Uh, like I'm a, I'm a newsletter fiend. So business examiner, like morning brew, all those, all those good ones. Uh, appreciate the plugs. I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you on the newsletters, man. I do feel like it's the future of news in general. Best personal advice that you've received like just diving headfirst into things. Like if you think you want to do it, like I debated doing running my own business for a little bit now. And uh, like, I was kind of like apologetic about it, especially when I was leaving a company like daily Hive. And I remember like the people that I, I was talking to when I was leaving, I was really like apologetic, like, I'm sorry for leaving that. Yeah, stop apologizing for doing something you want. Like if you want to do something, then just follow it and dive headfirst. And honestly, when I did like announce to people that I am starting my own business, it actually benefited me because then they're like, oh, well, I know somebody that needs help in digital advertising or like kind of putting it out there just to your personal network. One, it can help you start your business. And two, it actually makes you commit to it. Because if I, when I started telling people, yeah, I think I'm going to start my own business, well, then people react and they kind of know. And I was like, oh, now I definitely got to do it because I just told five people I'm going to start my own business. So it kind of pushed me. But I think just diving head first, like you'll never know until you do it. So why not? app or piece of software that you cannot live without obviously my google calendar uh asana 
is actually a great, especially if you're, if you're just starting out a business, it's honestly great. Like task management, it's free at the beginning until I think if you start adding teams and it's like a freemium play, but Asana is, was amazing for me. I was walking around. It's like, I mean, I still do it like sticky notes with tasks on it or like a notebook just filled with tasks. And then I got Asana and I can organize it. Um, that one's been it. And then obviously the podcast app, um, but Asana for a business perspective uh, saves me. And then also Calendly. I discovered Calendly and it saves me so many emails like back and forth. Uh, so it's uh, just like an automatic calendar plug pretty much. So instead of, Hey, what time are you good for this meeting? Oh, this time. What about you? Nope. How about this time? No, it's just send Calendly. Okay. Book a time slot that works for you. And then you can actually install it into your business. And it's something like if you were a lead gen company, you can install Calendly and uh, they can go through your funnel and then book a call with you automatically. So, uh, Love, love that software. Yeah, no, I love it as well. Favorite restaurant in BC, maybe narrow it down to Vancouver or uh, Lower Mainland. I would say, I guess sticking on the theme of sushi, uh, I'm a big sushi guy, as you can tell. Uh, Greenleaf Cafe in Burnaby is absolute killer sushi. And then I'm also a big burger guy. I think the American, uh, it's a bar downtown. It's got the down low burgers. Amazing. And then for a third, per se, social corner, it's got the best burger in uh, Vancouver. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.